This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. wasn't i meant to bring up if we should have like have you say your name Fekus, or if we should have like i, I feel like names. i'm a guest so yeah uh, yeah and you don't have twitter do you i, I do but oh. i follow a bunch of you know adult film actresses so oh, yeah, it's me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well there goes our we'll have to have you on for and bill our, the science guy so that's weird oh well there you go yeah. we'll have to have you on for our adult film episode well if there's two things that go together it's a children's science show and porn damn right <laughs> bill nye's actually on uh the original shows on netflix That's now i saw that yeah That's i haven't nice. watched any of it but anyway welcome to the obsessive year <laughs> we're a weekly movie and tv podcast that covers a specific topic be a genre trope movie or show each episode you can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com and find the corresponding blog at obsessiveviewer.com uh, where I haven't posted anything recently, but I'm about to start posting my Marvel Cinematic Universe reviews one at a time throughout the next like two months, uh, leading up to Ant-Man. Um, so that'll that'll be happening soon. And also, if you're in the in the Indianapolis area, come see us at Indie Popcon on June 26th, my birthday, to June 28th. We'll be recording throughout the weekend and giving away DVDs. Like we like, I have a bunch of DVDs that I don't really want or need anymore. So I'm, we're just going to give them away at the booth. Some of them. Uh, tickets are available at anypopcon.com. And, uh, yeah. Uh, also, we're now available on TuneIn Radio. If you're, if you're familiar with that app, check us out on there. And, hey guys, how's it going? Good, <laughs> good. Uh, the voice, your, our guest today is Robert Feckus, a frequent guest. Uh, he's here to talk, talk with us about the Poltergeist remake. Uh, so first of all, how's it going, everyone? Fantastic. Doing good. Really good. Really good. It's nice. summer. It doesn't feel like it. No, it it's, doesn't. It's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah. yeah. Soon enough. Soon enough. Uh, but like I said, we're going to talk about Poltergeist, and we have a lot to talk about with that. Um, uh, spoiler alert, I'm not sure how much uh, positive we'll have to say about it. But <laughs> Almost nothing. Almost nothing. Exactly. But before we get to that, I want to just bring out, touch on a few news items that popped up like recently uh first of all i mentioned indie popcon edward james almost is going to be there so that's cool um and i kind of regret not watching battlestar galactica when in the year since last popcon because i would i would have more of a an interest in him i guess but yeah but this is like probably the biggest name that they've they've announced yet oh so. definitely yeah I, I was actually kind of underwhelmed with the names they have so far um yeah I, I was after last year they had a lot of good people there like they had the the guy that does the bender voice on futurama yeah he did an awesome yeah. awesome uh panel and mm-hmm. creator of the ninja turtles i mean the fifth doctor yeah yeah and they had they, i mean this year they're it kind of seems like they're kind of going for more of a internet personality youtuber twitcher kind of kind of crowd i guess which i mean that's that's really popular these days but i mean i, I i'm not in touch with that the artists of of those of that medium so i would rather have hodor there again <laughs> yeah oh he was so awesome he was great um <laughs> yeah and then also before we get started on our topic again uh there's n- news of a potential director for the dark tower which i've i've gone on record by saying like on the on the facebook page and everything that i'm not going to really entertain this this notion until um 
this notion of a dark tower movie the stephen king's dark tower series is his his magnum opus book series that i love um tiny you love it too love it yes uh Fekus, have you ever read the dark tower i read one of the books in college for a class i very much enjoyed it and nice. just never got back to the series oh, i highly highly recommend it but anyway, so they announced a new uh, a potential director. I haven't. I don't really know him for much, many things. It's like Nick Nick uh, J. Uh, Arcel. Um, but yeah. anyway, I'll put the link in the show notes. But w- one thing that stuck out to me is that it was cool because I was kind of like, okay, well, I don't really know anything about this about this director at all. But there was one thing that. Uh, in the article said that he's like a massive Stephen King fan and he's like he learned English so that he could better appreciate Stephen King's books and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's probably a good director to have. That's, a, that's the kind project. of director you want. That's, yeah, that's absolutely. like having uh, Peter Jackson do the Lord of the Rings yeah. uh, trilogy. Yeah. The first one, not the uh, the Hobbit. I, I don't think he made any Hobbit movies. I don't think those existed. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, there was a great picture of like, <laughs> of uh, uh, is it Toriel, um, Evangeline Lily's character saying like, if this is, why does it hurt so much? If this is love, why does it hurt so much? And then like her dad or whoever was in the in the movie just says like, because it wasn't in the books. <laughs> <laughs> There's also another one with Orlando Bloom, and it just says, I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's pretty good. Oh, that's great. Um, and finally, our our last piece of news uh, for the week is that last the last couple episodes I've talked up the show Bloodline uh, on Netflix, which I still highly recommend. Such a great, awesome opening first season uh, for a show. But in my in my excitement over it, I was googling and I found out that uh, uh, one of the key actors in it, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, is going to be the villain in uh, Star Wars anthology movie. Um, I think it's one of the one of the unannounced ones, so I, I was just really excited about that. Um, cool. Even though I'm not really that into Star Wars that much, although you know you're getting there. I'm you, getting there. I'm you getting there. Will be. <laughs> <laughs> References. Yeah. Uh, who, what's he? What's Ben Mendelsohn? What's he done? Uh, he was he was Daggett in uh, The Dark Knight Rises. The guy with the the kind of lispy guy. Okay. That, okay. Yeah. yeah, I know who you're talking about now. And he was also in what else was he in? Tiny that you saw? Uh, the Place Beyond the Pines. Ah, there you go. Yes, yeah. that's right. He was the. Uh, Guy that helped with the bank robberies. Yep. Nice. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. But anyway, so that's that's our news for the week, I guess. Um, <laughs> but we're here to talk about Poltergeist. And just uh, this recently came up. Like, I, it kind of flew under the radar. I wasn't, I was kind of, I wasn't really that anxious to see this movie. I don't really have a vested interest in, in the Poltergeist franchise or anything, but. I was like, you know, Sam Rockwell's in it, so I'll I'll give it a shot. And then I figured we could have an episode about it. Um, so it recently came out to um, <laughs> pretty muddled reviews. I don't think it's gotten that that much praise or anything like that. But before I, we get into our review of Poltergeist, the remake, um, what do you guys? How do you guys feel about the original? The original is my all-time favorite horror film. Wow. So wow. So this is definitely the episode to have you on. <laughs> Poltergeist the remake. When I first saw the announcement of it, I wanted to smash things and uh <laughs> but I gave it a shot because like you said Sam Rockwell, so but no, yeah. uh, I grew up on Poltergeist. Um it it terrified me as a child, now as an adult, I just come to appreciate it as a film and all the the hands that you can see of Spielberg in it, mm-hmm. which I'm told reading up on it, you you read a lot that Spielberg 
should have almost had a co-director right. uh, spot on it, but mm-hmm. it's just it for me it's timeless. It, just the story, the uh, the way they get some of the practical effects off in the film. It's I grew up on it, so I even as a kid was obsessed enough with the first movie that I uh, watched and somewhat appreciated as a child the sequels. Which now as an adult, <laughs> I I'm like, oh, I was young and dumb and needed the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I love the original. Actually, nice. it's like it's not my favorite of all time horror movie, but it's a top five without question. Nice. Um, it just has that. It just has that Spielberg charm to it. All the wonderful things about Jaws that made it so unique and thrilling. I think there are an equal amount of things in the pol- in Poltergeist. You know the. Uh, we're gonna need a bigger boat line. I feel like there here is equally as iconic. Um, yeah, absolutely, in, in my eyes, anyways. Um, and it's just—I don't know—the the, the personalities of all the characters in that movie just jump off the screen really well. Um, it's it's a great character movie as well as a amazing story. So I, I really love the original. Nice. I you know I'm kind of not indifferent to the original or anything. I I've, I saw it once with with you, Tiny, and I think I was falling asleep like midway through it. Um, so I didn't, couldn't really appreciate it, but after seeing the remake, I went and revisited it and I can really, I gained more of an appreciation for it in terms of its, its filmmaking techniques and the way that it introduces elements to, you know, for maximum scares and everything. Even, even like the, the more iconic, the iconic scene of the face thingy where he's, where yeah, he sees yeah. this face and he's, you know, scratching it off. Um, funny like, story that Spielberg's, hands scratching the uh, fa- the guy's face. Is it really? It See, is. I didn't know that. Nice. That's interesting. Um, but I like seeing it now. It's like it's pretty dated and pretty cheesy. Some of it the effects is, are yeah. a little well, it's are ni- a little cheesy. 1982. But I'm not going to hold it against it or anything cuz it's it's packaged in a in a in a product that is so like you said timeless, right? Like and it's it's really interesting to see it from now and like that the the there here line is so so eerie the way yeah. that it's delivered. Oh, she the, the the girl that that played uh, Carol Ann just so creepy. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. I mean, innocent but creepy. Right. <laughs> she embodies everything that it is about children that freak me out. Oh yeah. Like I like I can be like great I, dad. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I watched it here at, at, in my apartment. Like kind of late at night, and I had all the lights off and everything like that. But then when when the opening scene happened, where she's just sitting in front of the TV talking to it, and like I think this is the opening scene, one of the opening scenes. It, it, yeah, it's it's um, close to it. Yeah, when really you know, any of the coaches asleep on the uh, recliner. Yeah. yeah, and then like and then that one scene where like everyone's staring at her, and they're not they're not sure what the hell's going on. I think it's that opening scene. Um, Watching that here, I was like, that, that's just the perfect way to introduce a movie. That's, mm-hmm. that's really creepy. That's really, the atmosphere is just perfect. Um, and so, so yeah, I really, I really, uh, I, I gained a new appreciation for it, especially after seeing the <sighs> remake, which yeah. is how I'll, uh, Oof. yeah, Ugh. pretty rough. Yep. So why don't we go ahead and go into our discussion of Poltergeist 2015. Um, we won't spoil it now, but we will probably end up getting into a discussion where we spoil it, and then I'll just tag it on at the, at the end of the episode, I guess. So if you're listening now, obviously you are, but um, and you don't want to be spoiled, don't worry about it. 
if you do, uh, wait until after Potpourri. Um, if you see the movie, you'll it'll spoil everything for you. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, where to begin with this movie? Because it's it they did some things different. I don't want I don't want to like when I was watching it, I was like, okay, I don't want to have like a tied like it tied to the original for me. I want to kind of think about it in its own as its own thing. But it's almost impossible it's to all, do with a remake, though. I mean, it, yeah. So I mean, especially for someone who, like me, has such an appreciation for the original, I I can't not watch it and sit there and just say the original did better. Original did. I mean, <laughs> yeah. in almost every sense, right? right. And it, and it's that is one thing about it that it's it's hard to separate. It's another. Re, it's hard to separate it from the original because it is so. It felt the movie felt like to me that they were taking the current kind of you know popularization or or the current the current trend of like haunted house movies and supernatural thrillers, and then they decided to dust off an old to them an old property and was like okay well let's let's throw that premise into this into this movie that's a pretty standard like into this into this movie uh, dynamic or, or whatever this template. And then inject it with the original, the some of the original lines, the the icons of the original, and everything. And then let's just hope that it it works out well, and it doesn't at all. No, it doesn't. No. Yeah, it. Uh, so, <laughs> well, I mean, what if we try to focus on what was good about it? I I thought it was bad, but there were some things I liked. I mean, it's hard for me to not like Sam Rockwell because mm-hmm. uh, I think he's just one of my favorite actors. Sam Rockwell's great, but when it, after watching the movie, I just have to say, well, why? Because yeah. Sam Rockwell's given some liberty to be Sam Rockwell yeah. in, the, in the beginning of the film, and then it just kind of drops off, and it's just you could have copied and pasted some, very true. Per, some actor there. Yeah, at, at a certain point, it does... He's just reading lines, essentially. Right. Yeah. Um, and I can't really blame him for that because it's it, it. This script was just very. Oh my god! It was a very plastic script. It was lazy. It was it, awful. Yeah. I, I, mean, I have so many questions for you guys. Okay. Uh, but uh, first of all, like my my tweet after seeing it was, well, essentially it was, uh, well, Sam Rockwell got paid, yeah. and I feel like that's <laughs> how he approached the movie also because he doesn't give any. Like, this is a paycheck movie for him. But I've never seen Sam Rockwell, and not to say that I've seen everything he's done, I don't mm -hmm. recall seeing a that's a paycheck movie for me from Sam Sam Rockwell. It is definitely... Not really. I mean, he used to be in bigger movies. He got a lot of his big blockbusters out of the way back when he was younger. Like, I mean, you could could make a, a, a... an argument for Galaxy Quest being a, mm-hmm. kind of a big studio movie. Oh, um, it's a good movie, but I don't know if I consider that big studio movie. I mean, I don't know. Well, compared to the stuff he's doing now, well, like, yeah. it's stuff that like a lot of stuff he does now doesn't hit theaters. It goes into like film fests right. and stuff, mm-hmm. and you catch it on Netflix like six months later. Yeah. Right, that's and what then, he's doing a lot of now. And in Galaxy Quest, he, I mean, he gave a good, you know, he gave a good performance. Oh, yeah, it was totally. very. He he brought it was it wasn't bland like in Poltergeist. Yeah, well, um, like the Green Mile. You know what? It, it pains movie. me to say I've not seen The Green Mile. Really? Yeah. He's really great in that. So. I, I hear nothing but good things, and I need to watch it. I've only yeah. seen it once, and I'm I pride myself on being a Stephen King fan and a Frank Darabont fan. Um, <laughs> I mean, so. in, in the last blockbuster he was in, or like the big kind of big movie he was in, it was probably Iron Man Two. Yeah, yeah, probably Which, five I, years ago. I know you guys lambast that, but I think he's one of the more 
enjoyable parts of Iron oh, Man yeah. too. Like he, he, he is, kills yeah. it. He kills it. Like yeah. his scenes with uh, Robert Downey Jr. are fantastic. He steals, really, he steals some scenes, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I just wish that the script kind of did something useful with him. I, and yeah. this is a tangent, but I mean, I don't think we really covered this in the. I think we did in the, in the Marvel episodes, but um, the, it, him, him, his storyline with. Uh, Vanko was just, it was just a mess for me. It felt like they, okay, they got Sam Rockwell, they got, uh, a character from the comics, Justin Hammer. Do something better with them, I guess. They tried um, to put a lot into that movie. They but, did. Like, but, right. Anyway. But anyways, back so. To, back to Poltergeist. Another yeah. thing that I think was a positive was, uh, the kid, the son. His name is mm-hmm. Kyle Catlett. He played Griffin in the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought he was pretty good. Actually, I'll, I'll agree with you. And, and I won't spoil it, but I was kind of a fan of the turn with him at the, towards the end of the film. Right. With I, I was I was okay yeah. with that change. Me too. And I thought it worked well for that story. Yeah. He was the one, probably off the top of my head, he was the one character who had like an emotional plot line, like an yeah, emotional through right. line throughout the entire movie. And that that's one thing that I that's the one thing I could really latch onto is he had he had an emotional journey to undertake in this movie uh-huh. in a in a redemptive story, and that's pretty much all I could get from it. Yeah. They they um, could have expounded upon obviously. You know Sam Rockwell's character. I don't want to say like is disappointed, but you know he doesn't know how to relate. Obviously to his son, mm-hmm. he, I think they could have expanded on maybe some past instances with his son of, of why maybe he was timid yeah. or yeah. Everything there was no depth to no, anything. It was, right. it, was it was just so very rushed. Well, yeah. you've got to also to play devil's advocate. He was <laughs> Sam Rockwell's character was busy maxing out credit cards and buying a new house when he was laid off, and his that, both yeah. him and his wife were unemployed. That was. One of my biggest pet peeves about this entire movie. You're going to yeah. de- devote 15, 20 minutes at the beginning of it talking about how dire straits these guys, mm-hmm. these people are financially. And he's just like, screw it. I'm going to go buy everyone fabulous oh gifts. And it was, it was a scene right after, literally the next scene after he had to use his third credit card right. to pay for a, of squirrel trap. Like $20 worth yeah. of material out of Home Depot. Yeah. And, right. that and then scene... he's like, here's a $500 phone, $400 <laughs> yeah. earrings, and here's this drone that, wink, wink, it... won't be of any use sometimes. Yeah. That's what frustrated me so much because that scene literally plays out like he's like he's saying like, okay, well, here, daughter, you were a total bitch to your mom. Uh, here's, a, here's a free gift. Uh, here, wife, here's a piece of jewelry. This is really nice. Here, kid, here's a drone that I'm pretty sure is age appropriate and isn't going to have any bearing in the plot later. Okay, daughter, here's pizza or something. I don't care. I already established the drone. There's no reason for me to have another gift for you because there's... Here's pizza, chicken McNuggets. (laughs) Go to hell, daughter. Ah, uh, and and then also to to add to that the fact that he's he's in the kid is in hysterics about a, a supernatural thing that just right. happened to him, and they're like they they're like okay, well sh- shut up, shut up. So here, take your damn drone. <laughs> it's like ah, uh, it, and the one thing that really frustrated me from the from the outset of the movie is they're they're at, they're with the realtor, they're looking at the house, and then. There's a whole thing where, uh, where, where they have a little awkward moment between him and the realtor where she talks about, um, John Deere and he's like, well, they just laid me off and all that. So I'm like, okay, so, so your wife's unemployed. Like I thought for a while that his wife like was a big time author because yeah. right. and he was, he was like, he was laid off because whatever, but he, they were able to afford a house, but no, they're like, they're both financially unsecure and and that's not that that wasn't like a shoebox house there again no it looked like a pretty decent house it was decent yeah, yeah. and like one of the kids is like oh i don't like this house and then the, the mom's like well it's temporary i'm right. like 
like don't like why buy a ha- I don't understand the logic of that. I yeah. don't understand like rent somewhere and then get on your feet. Right. Get get an apartment, get a little <sighs> rental house, two bedroom, whatever. It's yeah. like, no, we're gonna get this, you know, four bedroom giant house yeah. that's clearly a piece of junk. Right. <laughs> and I can understand they did they did establish it as being like, okay, well, you know, foreclosures in this area really dry, dry, drag the price down and everything and all that. But I'm like I just it was hard for me to connect to it, and it and right. it was distracting to me because I mean, as, I, I agree. I mean that it was just it was lazy. It's like yeah. well, the, here here they are. It, it was they were only in you know poor conditions when it was convenient to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just it was, although the that damn squirrel trap. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, right. That sent me over the edge. I'm so <laughs> mad. I'm got to go buy earrings now. <laughs> But that I, I agree, and it didn't. Uh, them being des- destitute didn't really add anything to it either. No, because it, it wasn't necessary in the original, and he still. No. It wasn't even a part of the original. No, it wasn't, yeah. I mean, he's in the original. He's very successful, and you know, he's right. One of the, he's the top seller in their company, and but like I don't even think they say what the wife does. I don't think. I think she, in in the original, I think she's just stay at home mom. Is she? And yeah. I can't. I don't even remember because it's not addressed because it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. <laughs> I watched it last week, and I, I don't remember. Yeah. Um. And then just, uh, it was so frustrating. The movie itself was completely frustrating to me, but, um, also like they could have, they could have used the, the fact that they were in, in poor financial standing as, as a reason to really amplify the tension. This is the problem that I had with, uh, one of the paranormal activity movies is that they established that the, that the mom and dad are having problems, but then the whole movie is about, the damn teenager and her, her uh, the boyfriend boyfriend yeah. guy. And I'm like, they're establishing that they're having troubles. They could, like, they could use that, but they don't return to it either movie. I, they don't need the tension in the family for me because I thought one of the strongest things about the original was the fact that they're it very clearly established it as a very close, mm-hmm. loving family. So sure, there's some issues, no, but nothing out of the ordinary. And that's what, you know, brings them together throughout the the problems that they face. It's mm-hmm. a very strong family <laughs> dynamic in the original. So to to break that up in the sequel for no apparent reason, just or not sequel but remake, it just it didn't make sense to me. Yeah, and yeah, I, I can understand that. I, I, I mean, I was waiting to be connected to the family because I, I you get a really strong connection to the the family in the original, mm-hmm. and so you care about them when when all these horrible things are happening. And yet you still see throughout the uh, the film and what they're dealing with, there's still a really strong family component. Like it, after Carol Ann is uh, taken in the original, they go to the paranormal uh, uh, professors mm-hmm. in the, at the university and mm-hmm. they just talk about how close and how strong everyone's been throughout the entire process. You just don't get that sense right. in, yeah. in, the, in the remake. Mm-hmm. And you talked about the kid that played Griffin, the – the girl, like in in delivering the the iconic line, they're here. I felt like that was just completely effortless. Yeah. In the, in, yeah. in the remake, like they didn't really. I mean, it's it's two words. And yeah. They didn't. They failed on it. And like, did, didn't they like preface it with "they're coming"? She said they're yeah, coming. That's which right. I thought was a little bit effective, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but the, but if you're gonna do that, leave it at that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Agreed. Yeah. It was. It was it was something else. Um, yeah, there there were a couple like like Tiny says. There's a couple things I did enjoy, like a, mm-hmm. with the, with the television stuff. I, I kind of like the hands uh, uh-huh. coming through on. The, so that was kind of yeah, that was, was cool. kind of neat. Um, I didn't hate the paranormal uh, 
eradicator, I guess. Yeah. Is, I didn't hate the him. But Jared I, Harris? Yeah, but I thought yeah. he brought too much levity to it. He, mm. I had some problems with that character. He, um, not so much the performance, because I thought that he, he did well. I like Jared Harris as an actor, and I like the, I felt like he, I would have liked him more in a different movie. Yeah. But, I mean, just it, like you, like, yeah, I, I agree with your point, Fekas, that it, it did bring too much levity to it because, I mean, like, he's going around, he's showing, like, his scars to the kids. And right. Like, it's like a lethal weapon. It was like, I got this one yeah, when I took down yeah. a bank robber. <laughs> and then there's that scene where he's, where he's like, uh, <laughs> where he's, he's like, I'll tell you what this scar on my head's from. Uh, after this is over, if you're still alive, I'm like, yeah. dude, his sister is like, all, like, like there's a life and death situation with his sister. Like, yeah. don't tell a kid. Like, and then like the way that the rest of that scene plays out, it's like, uh, the other, and this is light spoilers, but uh, the other the paranormal professor lady is like, why do you do that? And I'm like, yes, thank yeah. you. <laughs> and then she's a like, valid question. Yeah. And then she follows it up with, because it makes you it makes you sound old. I'm like, no, no, you're missing the point. <laughs> and then to add to that, the mom of the kid is like, wait. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. And then she's like, you, you guys, guys were married. Yeah. I'm like, oh, come on. Really? Yeah. Completely unnecessary. Yeah. So dumb. And like, then, here's a relationship for <laughs> reasons. Yeah. In the, and okay, in the original movie, and I, and like I said, I tried to separate the original from the, from the remake, but the original is fresh in my mind now. And it's, it's kind of, it, like you said, it's hard to separate it. So, mm. In the original, there's a scene where they're they're in their bedroom and the parents are just smoking pot, and it's right. kind of like played as like a, like okay, these are kind of laid back, cool like parents, like I guess. Yeah. That I guess that's the effect it's going for, but the remake substitute like, and, and this is such a weird critique, but it's like instead of like having like like smoking weed, they're they're drinking just liquor, and I'm like, yeah. It, it's a different effect for me because it's like, okay, they're both unemployed. They're just getting kind of sauced. And, and he's and, like, you got any good scotch? Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, okay, they're, they're not really getting a point, getting across the point that they're like kind of cool parents or, or, or whatever. They're just, they just look like alcoholics. Right. Financially irresponsible parents. Yeah. More, yeah. more of that. Uh, One thing that stuck out to me a lot with this was the effects. Because they were really bad. They very, <laughs> so, very bad. Well, and it wasn't so much that they were really bad. It was just that they were so unnoteworthy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Give it, I mean, the original, in my opinion, the effects in the original are really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, with the exception of the, the scene Matt mentioned earlier. Right. I mean, at the time, again, it was like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. But even now, it's, it's. I mean, that's, that's like saying the, 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 uh, the scene in Raiders is, is, poor yeah. I and mean, that's that's kind of the same thing it's it's right. just it's not i mean at the time it was it was good right well, but the, but i think i think a lot of the other stuff holds up really well like mm -hmm. from the original like when yeah. the, like the 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 tunnel or like the passage into the other other right. world mm -hmm. looked really gross and creepy and the, the and this one it's just like here's a burn in the ceiling yeah, yeah. and it was just like a black void with some right. flashy lights it was like what is that yeah. and i it's just amazing to me that 33 years ago or however many years ago, the practical effects from that movie blow all the effects from this one out of right. the water. Well, it's just, it's so much more effective. Yeah. And like one of my favorite effects from the original is the chair stacking oh, scene. Oh, yes. yes. And yes. if you read, if you read up on that, 
It's not like they just brought in a bunch of glued chairs together. Right. They, they That was done in a shot. They panned the camera over. A bunch of people who were apparently really skilled at that mm. came over in that few seconds, right. stacked those stair, those chairs, bring back, and the effect of that is just, it's amazing. Absolutely. It is, yeah. Even today, Absolutely. like the, just seeing that, it, that still gives me chills watching that movie. It's, uh-huh. it's fantastic. Yeah. And they tried to replicate it in this one <sighs> with the comic books, and it was just like, it no. was so no. Yeah. It was here's your digital comic book. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, like it that that annoyed me. <laughs> that annoyed me. And then also when they tried to do the the face melting scene, it like okay, yes, that is one of the. I guess I wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't. It's one of the iconic scenes from the original, but it's kind of it hasn't aged well. Yeah. Right. So. They could have they could have done well they, with it. They like, could have they could made have, that a practical effect too. They could have yeah. brought in somebody that was extremely good and makeup. Oh yeah, so, something like that. It doesn't have to be all digital, and that and that's right. what it was. Every scare was all digital. Yeah, it and was. With yeah. that scene, they, it's like they it was like you, they were trying to save money because it wasn't right. even like it wasn't even a mirror. It was just it was, the reflection, <laughs> reflection of, from the, of the faucet. faucet yeah, <laughs> I'm like. Yeah. I mean, I guess in a, from a minimalist should have been a spoon. Him just looking at. A, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, also, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the part, uh, uh, Fekus with the, uh, the chairs and the, mm-hmm. the stacking and stuff like that. Cause I think one of the cool things about the original is that it's very, uh, it, it has a, a clear line of progression. So it's like it, it, when this, this paranormal stuff first starts happening, especially the mom is kind of excited by it. Right. Cause mm-hmm. they don't know what they have it's, and it's, they're playful. It's almost like exactly. the ghosts are playful. Exactly. And- and it's not scary. It's just kind of incredibly fascinating. Right. Um, and, and that's how they have treated it first. But as soon as their daughter goes missing, yeah. it hits the wall. And from there, it's it's scary and it's crazy. Right. But in this movie, it's like like one night they go they go to this party and they come back and like the youngest kid is missing. The one kid's in a tree <laughs> and the other daughter's being sucked into the garage. Right. And it's like one fell swoop. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa where's all the discovery at? It's just happening. Yeah. yeah. And, and no one asks why the kid was, how the kid got in the tree, exactly anything right. like that. It's you like, know what? God, I never even thought about that. But yeah, there's no discussion <laughs> about that tree. Oh, that's uh, awful. Yeah. Well, like you said, the, the progression of the entity in the the original is fantastic. Yeah. It starts off as playful. It even mm-hmm. comes in with the music. Like the music from the, from the beginning of the film mm-hmm. is kind of childlike, kind of uh, innocent, and progresses to more malevolent yeah. mm-hmm. music uh, actions. But this one is – there's no playfulness whatsoever. It's boom. This is a, this is right. a bad spirit yeah. and bad music. There's no progression whatsoever. The whole thing just felt rushed. It, it right. did. It I, really I, did. I meant to look up the time. How was what the runtime is? It was, the original. Uh, it's like the, the original was about right around two hours. Yeah. This one was at like uh, ninety three. Like ninety three minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, something. Like the original that. is about two hours even. Okay. I I really felt that when I was watching. This. Yeah. Right. I mean, it felt super rushed. Yeah, and like about <laughs> about quarter quarter of the way through, I, when I was like, okay, this movie is just garbage. I was I was just like, well, at least I don't have that much time left <laughs> to watch it. It was uh, this is flying by. <laughs> one of the good things you can say about it. At least it's short. Yeah, and I mean, parking was ample. <laughs> and I mean, okay, the 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 effects. What I didn't, what I didn't like about it, what, one of the one of the many things I didn't like about it also is that it relied too much on jump scares, which is kind of a. I was gonna make that point. Yeah, yes, the jump scares. Like the other part of my my tweet was uh, was uh, Sam Rockwell got paid. 
and it was only like 88% jump scares. <laughs> Because it was it, like I was expecting every single element of it to be jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, and it was to an extent. But there was a little bit of, you know, drone. <laughs> and here's another thing that just really grated on me. It's like in the original, one of the most, one, one of the not most iconic, but one of the iconic uh, scares is uh, Robbie's clown. Yeah. In yes. this one, they're just like, well, here's this box of scary looking clowns that are in this ho- in this <laughs> oh attic for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you know, they even make a mention of the previous owner. He was such a techie. He 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 wired this entire thing. Oh, by the way, he also loved freaky clown. Yeah. <laughs> and it just it was just such an obvious it was like beating the viewer over the head. Yeah. This is going to be part of a scare. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, plus uh, it's like, well, we it was in the first one, so we had to pay homage to right, it, or right. at least attempt to, and it's it just it didn't fit really. No, yeah. I, it was so thrown down the throat, and yeah. I, I hated it. As soon as I saw a box of scary clowns, I just I wanted to throw something at the screen. <laughs> yeah, it was again lazy writing. Yeah, yeah. totally hit missed the mark across the board in this movie, mm-hmm. and it right. was. Like if I had if I had stronger feelings about the original going into this remake, I, I mean I would have been offended by it. Yeah, like yep. it would have been offensively bad for me. And the thing so effective for me about the original, the, it, the movie gives you time to breathe mm-hmm. in the original with kind of downplay and you know showing the uh, the paranormal researchers what's going on and mm-hmm. yeah. the the chuckles at how freaked out they are. There's there's none of that. It it goes. It just doesn't stop. There's no breathing right. time. In mm-hmm. in the original, one of my favorite uh, scares is when you know she's the mother's doing laundry upstairs, and Carol Ann's already gone. The paranormal uh, investigators have already been there, and she just walks to the children's room and opens like carefully, timidly opens the door, and you just hear that scream. Yeah, and yeah. She's, I love that scare. Oh yeah, and that's fantastic, and that's. It's so simple, and yet it doesn't have to throw a squirrel at me to make me jump. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, there was a there was a very heavy psychological aspect to the first movie. You could see the mm-hmm. again just the progression, or I guess it would be the opposite. It would be the the regression of the mm-hmm. the family's mental health throughout right. this whole crisis, yeah. and like that tiny little thing where she opens the door, like the scene you were talking about, just destroys her for a moment. Right. You know, it's that's that was completely gone in yeah. this. There was just nothing. And then they had the uh, with the, one of the paranormal guys, one of the student guys or whatever, uh, the one that like wasn't oh the one sure that, about it. That like yeah. like okay, how much of an asshole is he to be like go up to a little kid and be like uh, be like so? I mean, you know, is this part of a gag or whatever? That <laughs> so, uh, you're be honest, your dad's a an asshole, right? right. <laughs> be honest, little kid. Yeah, <laughs> your parents are assholes. And you just want a reality show. I mean, I guess that's you know a play on the whole balloon boy thing. But well, well, yeah. I mean, well here's how... the thing though. He's how old is that child in this? Maybe eight, nine, nine. Yeah. Like the parents say. Say the parents are scamming. Okay, are they going to pull their nine year old? Like, all right, this is the deal, kid. We're going to get you out on the ground level on this one. We're getting a reality <laughs> show, and this is how we're going to throw your little sister in the back closet for a little bit, and it'll be great. Just act scared. Devil's advocate, though, balloon boy. Ah, uh, okay. They I did, get, yeah. but also, I mean, you know. Yeah, it, it's that guy still... was too cynical. <laughs> yeah, for even for a horror movie, he and was too cynical. What, what's he even doing in the paranormal research area anyway? He uh, clearly yeah. is 
And even after he gets messed with by the entity, he's still kind of like... And he doesn't say anything. Right? He did, yeah. that, that annoyed me so much. It's like, okay, it's clear that something is going on. Like, like, and, like he's, he's clearly like the skeptical one. He's playing to a ter- certain uh, uh, archetype or whatever. But, like, there is evidence of what happened to him. And, like, they're, like, looking... They're monitoring stuff for this and he doesn't like go down and say like oh hey by the way the poltergeist just screwed with me yeah. it's like so like, oh, must have been the lsd i guess yeah <laughs> uh. well can we get into spoilers uh yeah yeah we can go ahead and go into spoilers so yeah that's uh that was our that was our spoiler discussion and uh i'm trying to think in terms of how i'm editing this podcast but so okay yeah so we're gonna go ahead and go on to a potpourri section after just uh, having a fruitful discussion in the spoiler section, which you can find after the episode ends. This episode ends before our pre-recorded outros. Um, so, of course, this is potpourri, and this is the section of the podcast where we talk about whatever we want, as long as it smells good. Uh, basically, anything we're watching, anything we're looking forward to, any anything that didn't, you know, that strikes our fancy. So, uh, Fekus, since you're our guest, do you want to go first? Sure. Um I don't know if how much has ever been mentioned on the times I've been here, but I'm a huge Ninja Turtle fan. Uh, have been since I was a child, so I, I follow the movies and I read the comic books very closely. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm obviously following all the news of uh, the upcoming Ninja Turtles too. Which right. uh, I'll I'll start this off with saying that I while I'm not going to come out and defend it as a great movie, I thought that the uh, uh, Ninja Turtles from last year was was decent, mm-hmm. but that's coming from a Ninja Turtle fan, so it's hard right. for me to uh, think too critically about it. Sure, but I'm getting a little bit excited about the second one. Um, Casey Jones is going to be in it, who right. I'm a huge fan of, and I, I like the choice they've made for Casey Jones. I've seen the pictures. Steve Amell yeah. from Era. Yeah, so I've seen <laughs> I've seen the pictures uh, so far. While he doesn't have the long hair, I, I can get past that. But he looks he looks good. He looks good in the in the footage or not the footage, but the stills I've seen. Mm-hmm. They uh, in the original they had Karai, but she was very just a throwaway uh, character. And I didn't, I didn't like her to begin with because they used the. It, she was like a forty-some-year-old woman, and mm. Karai is supposed to be, uh, you know, sh- you know, Shredder's her mentor. She's young, that it's her uncle. Uh, so I picture her more in her twenties, maybe late teens, and they they fixed that for the next one. They've hired a much younger actress. Cool. They're incorporating Bebop and Rocksteady, and they've <laughs> released the first stills from them so far, and. Uh, they haven't announced yet if they're going to have a mutated Bebop and Rocksteady, but the still they've showed are pre-mutated Bebop and Rocksteady. Right. I like them. and they. I love those names. Right. Oh, they're great. Just the, hearing that, I don't know much about them, but I just hearing the names, I'm like, I, that, that rolls off the tongue nicely. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. The, uh, the actor they chose for uh, Bebop, interestingly enough, if, if you guys follow wrestling, is Seamus. From, yeah, from I don't wrestling. know who he is. But... He's, a, he's an Irish wrestler, so I'm not sure how they're going to do uh, with his voice, but yeah. I, I like Seamus is in, in wrestling, so I'm pumped to see him uh, personify Bebop on on the big screen. But I'm getting more excited about it. They replaced the Shredder, uh, so I I think they did that because I think they're going to have him more of an integral role this time, okay. not so much of a. Again, he, he was kind of a throwaway character. He's like yeah. he's you know Shredder, so they had to have him in there, but they didn't really develop him all that much. Right. So I'm in. I'm hopefully hoping that they do that for this. Will uh, William Fickner is going to be back in it too. Nice. So I'm I'm cautiously hopeful for Ninja Turtles too. So I'll keep following it and uh, 
We'll see. One of the biggest problems I had with the last year's uh, movie was if it, it was called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I felt like the main character was April O'Neil. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, that, I had a big problem with that. So hopefully they kind of fix that. So we'll see. Um, I'll probably love it regardless because it's Ninja Turtles on screen. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. But hopefully it'll be better than last year's. Right. I really liked that that last one. I really liked it. I did too. Last year, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was fun. It was, it was fun. It, it wasn't a great movie, but oh, it was yeah. just a fun movie. So it's what I kind of what I want out of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, right? I mean, yeah. I'm not expecting it to be in the runner for Oscars, right? Uh, right. You know, not every single plot hole's got to make sense. We're talking about, <laughs> right? You know, five foot three. Well, not anymore. We're talking about six foot three Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. And, so, uh, no, I, I agree. I, I really enjoyed it. I purchased it. I've watched it again. And for me, it still holds up. So I'm just hoping that they just continue the trend and make it a make a better canonized, I, I guess, okay. uh, version. So. Yeah. The okay, and, and like I, I thought that the the original, the one last year was was you know it was good. I'm I used to love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like when I was a kid. Um, I don't remember if I said this or not on the podcast, but when I was like in like kindergarten or something like my, my family, my, my mom put me in a, uh, uh, soccer team thing. Like I didn't have any, uh, I didn't have any, you know, interest in soccer or sports or anything. So I just pretended I was a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I bet you had a great time though. I did. I did. Oh yeah. You probably confused um, all the parents yeah. watching, but. Pissed off the coach so much, but, um, but whatever. Awesome. I had weapons. Um, I didn't have weapons, but in my mind I did. But anyway, um, in in last year's, there's, I I've only seen it once in the theater with Tiny, but I I for, I remember coming away from it thinking like, okay, they make a a reference in like her the opening scene where she April O'Neil has her on air thing where it's like it's the first day of April or something like that, and then later in the movie it's like snowing and there's like snow everywhere like. Does that? They're up in a mountain. Okay. It snows in mountains. Okay. okay. They're up in the Catskills. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> that was one thing. I, like I couldn't understand. I was like, wait, what? what Science was... eludes, Matt. What's, <laughs> right. What's the line that William Fickner says? If it's spring and it's and it's <laughs> snowing, then what's this global warming everyone's saying? But anyway, what was the line? <laughs> there's, there's just like kidding, a, just kidding. It's April always comes or, or something yeah. silly. It was ah. something like. Oh, I can't remember, but that was that yeah. was that was probably my favorite line of the movie. I laughed so hard. <laughs> it's just, um. It reminds me of the James Bond when Denise Richards played Christmas <laughs> Jones or something like Christmas comes twice a year. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I need to get back to my Bond Blu-rays. Uh, me too. On a Ninja Turtles uh, topic, mm-hmm. I am getting my tattoo started tomorrow, and we're the nice. focal piece is the Shredder. So nice. nice. I see yeah. that you have your. Is that a Ninja Turtles on your on your on your arm? Right. Yes. Up, up here, the upper arm. The right, right. Turtles, uh, yes. So. Nice. It's Ooh. the uh, comic book villain portion of the tattoo, so Shredder's going to be the focal point. Nice. Is that going to be on your arm as well? Yeah, it's going to be the lower portion of the arm. Oh, nice. Yep. You're going with like a full sleeve? Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. So. That's awesome, man. Uh, I can't That's wait. I'm looking awesome. forward to it. Cool. Yeah. When it's done, we'll put it on the on the Facebook page. Cool, cool. It'll yes. be several months. Okay. Well, but we can yeah. do progressive Yeah, we'll shots. forget about it by yeah, then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hell with it. It's funny, but yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Yeah, uh, that's that's cool. That that's something that you're excited about. Um, <laughs> sequel. I I don't know how to transition. Uh, Have your fun. <laughs> hey, I understand. Turtles aren't for everybody. Okay? Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so tiny. What do you got for potpourri? Uh, I have. Uh, I haven't watched much to eat still. <laughs> I, I haven't been watching a lot, but I did watch over the weekend. 
um, uh, you've got mail for the first time. And I didn't watch it in a very good way. I, really, <laughs> I don't I, think anyone ever has. <laughs> but I watched it on like, on a basic cable channel, like AMC or something. So all the hardcore nudity was just come out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, um, that scene where Meg Ryan just gets, goes to town on Tom Hanks. Yeah. Gone. But no, it had commercials and it yeah. took like three hours to watch it because it had commercials. Um, I really don't see what the big deal is. Cause yeah. a lot of people say it's like one of the better romantic comedies. Oh, I was bored to tears. I feel, you know, it, it, it I, I think, I talked about it fairly recently on a, on a public I think episode. you did, yeah. Yeah, a few months ago. Um, also, I will mention that, uh, our friends at Kate's Take did a really good episode about it. Okay. But, um, you know, it was, it was serviceable. But yeah, I think one of the big draws for, uh, You've Got Mail was that Nora Ephron wrote and directed it and, and it was reteaming, uh, I think her with, uh, with, uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan from, from Sleepless, Sleepless in Seattle, Seattle which okay. I think across the, the general consensus is that Sleepless in Seattle was, is the much better movie of the yeah. two. Um, maybe I'm looking into the movie too much because it's a romantic comedy, but one of the things that bothered me was, Here's Meg Ryan's character. He's like, I hate corporate stuff, which, yeah. which is, I get that. And then everything, you know, here's AOL, here's my computer <laughs> yeah. thing, and here's all this. At the end, it's almost like the writers kind of like, it's okay. Corporate's great. Look how Tom Hanks has now offered you a job, even though he put your business out of, you know, out of commission. But right. now you work here and it's fantastic. You make $7 an hour in New York. First of all, I don't think you can ever look too deep into a romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Those movies are dripping with subtext. <laughs> you're, you're right. How in silly. Social of commentary. Me. How silly of me. You know, right. I, I think I just need to see it again. I think that's part of it. I think I'd appreciate it a lot more if I watched it like on a, as like a DVD version or something. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, and not to bogart your potpourri, uh, segment or anything, but, uh, you know, it's funny. You mentioned that, um, that, the, that you watched it on TV, like with commercial interruptions and everything mm-hmm. like that. It's funny because recently on, on a, I think it was the Flix subreddit, uh, someone said like, Hey, how do you watch, how do you watch movies? And one of it was like, like, I think the the reason for posting that was he said that uh he found that he hasn't watched he's been relying on physical media for for to watch movies because they're always edited too severely on TV. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time that I watched something on TV like like airing on TV with commercial right. interruptions stuff at least in a movie. Right it's it's we've reached a point where we have we have such easy access to uh, so much media mm-hmm. um that's that's not that's not, you know, interrupted or anything. And like, I, like I have, I have a, a sizable DVD collection. I have Netflix. I have Amazon prime. I have Hulu plus, which, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a rant that at one point I will go on about people getting all up in arms about the Hulu yeah. plus ads. I'll go on that on a different day, but the movies on Hulu plus aren't, aren't interrupted by adver- advertisements, advertisements or anything or edited in any way. Mm-hmm. But it's just reached a point where, like when I moved in, like I've lived in my apartment for a couple months now, and when I moved in, I had cable installed, and part of the cable package is I have just limited basic cable. And the first like few weeks that I lived here, I would basically turn on the TV and watch the news in the morning when I got ready for work. But now it's like, I, like I don't, I haven't used my cable box ever, like wow. since since then. Like I, like watching the news has been replaced with listen, like waking up and putting on a podcast and listening to it. Yeah. While I get ready, and it's it's like, I, 
it's indicative of the time that, you know, watching, watching something on TV without, like, I don't have a DVR or anything here, but like watching, like coming across a movie on like FX or, or TNT or something like that. And then watching it all the way through. It's like, that's something that just is so foreign to me these days because I have just plenty of, I'm not hurting for content to watch. Mm -hmm. I'll, uh, I'll catch my wife doing that. Like I'll walk in, she'll be watching a movie on TNT, USA, <laughs> whatever, and I'm, I look at her and I go, "We own that movie. Yeah. Why? It's right here. Let yeah. me get it for you." Right. And, and I, it, it boggles my mind. She, yeah. she does. She won't listen to me. My, my girlfriend did that with Back to the Future the other day. Oh, I was like, I had that on Blu-ray. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, and that's one of, like, that's, that's one of the, I would venture to say that it's, it's in league with, uh, Star Wars in terms of it's the way that it's the, the, um, the flow of it, the narrative yeah. flow of it, the, the way that it's, oh, the runtime is so, it's so Compact. breezy. Yeah, yeah. It's so well, what's the word? I'm, I'm looking for a word, a way to phrase it, but anyway, the, yeah, the, the, just the flow of the movie, yeah. uh, the, um, Anyway, the flow of the movie is so perfect that, like, that's something that you're just severely, even though it's not edited for, um, any, like, cursing or anything like that or any vulgar mm -hmm. content, you're still limiting yourself severely by watching it on, right. like, well, you're, edited. You're breaking the flow TV. with commercials. Exactly. Well, and we were, I was watching it at my, uh, my girlfriend's parents' place. They live, mm -hmm. they live out in the country and, like, in the country proper. And they, uh, they have a great yard. And so, like, when we're up there, we spend the time out on the deck or on the porch. And mm -hmm. they got really nice lights up there. And we just put on some music and just hang out on the, it's great. But there's a big thunderstorm rolling through, a string of thunderstorms uh, yeah, on Saturday yeah. night. So we were in there watching TV and they were just kind of scrolling through the thing, trying to see what, what, uh, what to watch. And we just happened upon it. And her mom knew that I had never seen it. She's like, Oh, this is your opportunity to watch it. I was like, Is it? <laughs> <laughs> is it though? <laughs> And so, it, it, yeah. That's awesome. But it, uh, so I had to watch it. And the, my girlfriend and her mother love the movie. They love mm -hmm. that movie so much. And so throughout it, you know, they were talking about it, and mm -hmm. they were like, "Oh, this is the part where this happens." And I'm like, I'm "Trying to watch it." <laughs> so show yeah. them Game of Thrones, and then get, get back at them. Like, yeah. this is the part where he gets beheaded, and <laughs> yes, this is the part where she gets raped. God. Um, <laughs> The, the rape scene is well shot in this show. <laughs> Love the angles. Yeah. So, so hard. <laughs> it flows really well. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So, yeah, I will have to revisit it in a proper mm. context. Uh, and really, I don't know if I'll report back to you guys, but okay. I'm sure I'd like it if I saw it in a better setting. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's, okay. you know, nothing to, nothing to email home about. <laughs> ah, look at this guy. Although I will say, again, Kate Steak did a really good episode because okay. she, uh, she, she drew from, from her personal experience working at a small, uh, I think it was when she was working at Suncoast Video, she talked about oh. working there and it was at a time when, uh, I think Best Buy had bought like their catalog of movies. So that basically was the death knell for Suncoast Videos and she was like, like a manager there, mm -hmm. like during it. So there's a really good content in, uh, in their episode about it. Nice. Uh, the, Went that in Circle Center, Suncoast Video? Uh, there was, there was one, one in Lafayette Square. Lafayette was Square. Yeah. That's where I bought a majority of my Akira Kurosawa movies that <laughs> I was a douchebag, pretentious <laughs> movie fan. As the a diegetic sound is amazing. In this. <laughs> this has subtitles and it's in black and white, so. <laughs> so <laughs> deep. 
This is an adaptation of Shakespeare. Go watch your Titanic on your own time. Uh, well, I can go ahead and transition that into my into yes. my potpourri. I've actually two things now that you mentioned that. Uh, I and this is kind of old news, but um, I'm kind of not tickled, but uh, James Cameron had uh, the Avatar sequels were supposed to start coming out in like December of 2016, I think. Yeah, something. Yeah, but now like there's at least as within the last few few days, actually, uh, they announced that. Uh, it's gonna be postponed. Like he's he's they're gonna release it in like twenty seventeen. I'm like, I couldn't care less. Oh my god, I can't. Like it's <laughs> and it, it's it feels like this whole predicament on on their part is is kind of um a microcosm of my problems with James Cameron. Like he's very he like he he's responsible for technology technology wise alone just really breakthrough things in filmmaking and, and the way movies are shot and, and released and, and all that and the effects and everything. But he's also like, I just, I don't get him. I don't think he's a good writer. I don't think I, that he's, well, I, I think he's a, I mean, well, I mean, he directed one of my favorite movies, aliens, but as far as his recent catalog, I, I, I'm with you. I just, yeah, it's, I mean, I, <sighs> He's a really good visual director. Yes, but yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's it's, yeah. his storytelling is just really problematic it and is. really verbose. Like, like I mean, just make a two-hour movie, buddy. Yeah, right, but right. but he's got like like Avatar was one of the worst defenders for me in terms of his storytelling because it was awful. I didn't I didn't think it was not good storytelling at all. It well, was, it was not, just there's nothing new about it. Yeah, and it was just so drawn out, mm-hmm. and I just I I didn't get the you know, I've talked to people that absolutely adore that movie, and I just I don't understand it. Yeah, and now he's working on two sequels, right. Avatar two and three, and he has script wise, he has material for a fourth, right? And he's having trouble making that into a and in, incorporating that into three movies, and they're talking about how they should extend it to a fourth, and I'm like, dude, and I think I may have said this on another on another episode of the podcast, but. Dude, you've got Star Wars is coming out soon. DC is yeah. going to have their universe. Uh, Marvel's still going strong. Like, there's not room in in movie movies for a big science fiction effects driven um, uh, uh, franchise. That, as much as Avatar is still like the like the biggest, like the most profitable movie ever made, or or whatever it is, or mm-hmm. the biggest uh, the biggest movie ever made, basically. I mean, it's pretty much obvious that Star Wars is going to eclipse that in December anyway. Maybe. So, I, I hope, but I, I wouldn't put any guarantees on it. Really? I think I it's a given. Well, I, I hope you're right. Uh, I hope you're right. I can't, I've, I've, I've been trying to shield my cynical uh, my cynicism about, about Star Wars, but like I... I Listen to a lot of podcasts and like I've heard, seen a lot of articles and stuff about people who are like, oh my god, I can't wait till I can't wait till the Force Awakens comes out. It's going to be the best movie ever. And I'm like, like in the, in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, okay, guys, okay, you know, it's it's it could be amazing. Yeah. Everything we've seen looks good, yeah. but keep in perspective, you would have been seeing it last weekend, but they they uh, they postponed it till December because I believe it was because they had script problems with yeah. Michael Arndt. So keep that in mind. But yeah, so. <laughs> that uh, that that profit goal might be unobtainium. Oh god. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> wow. Because that was the element in Avatar. I, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. 
<laughs> Very good. Uh, so anyway, my other potpourri. Um, the other thing I have for potpourri is I watched I watched Cujo, and uh, the the movie adaptation of the Stephen King novel, uh, which I have a review that's going to go up on Obsessive Book Nerd soon for for the book. Um, and I, I actually I might throw in like the little discussion the my little mini review i gave to you guys when we were talking about it uh before the show of the book but the the movie the movie was interesting to me because it followed the book pretty closely like it it followed it almost exactly and it was in terms of the pacing and everything pacing was the word i was looking for um uh, but the, <laughs> there it is in terms of the pacing of the movie it followed the book almost almost to a t but there's something to be said about Stephen King adaptations and filmmakers' desire slash dumbassedness to uh <laughs> to follow it to only emphasize the 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 horror aspects and not the suspense and storytelling and, and building. Because while reading Cujo, I was like like uh, the majority of the book takes place in a pinto with with a woman and her son that are trapped by the rabid Cujo a 200 pound St. Bernard and it's very intense. But what made me, what engaged me so much more in the book is how there are, there are little, like there's, there's about 50% of the book is all set up leading up to them getting trapped in the Pinto. Right. And throughout that, they establish all of these little things here and there. And then throughout their entrapment in the Pinto, there's like, there's little things that, that like she did at home that, that kind of set up, set up something that could could get them saved and then there's like it's something just just kind of uh like leaving a note on the on the on the thing and in case their uh their babysitter comes by or whatever and then just leaving a note there and then and then having someone unrelated that like that could have saved them that could that could have that could rescued them and that, that could have been the end of the book there but someone comes along completely unrelated and tears that away. And it's just an afterthought of the action that this character does because it's it, what's interesting to me is that none of the like the suspense is built on the actions of characters making just just rational and irrational um decisions but not in reaction to what is actually going on. And they just completely didn't didn't do anything like that in the book. And that's like like um like the husband finds out that like he gets it in his head that the, that she's not like, she's not answering the phone. He's out of town and she's and he's kind of getting worried. So they're like, well, he's probably, she's probably uh, with friends or something like that. And then he calls, he calls the police and then they're like, well, where could she be? And then, and then there's like, there's pages where the, where the detectives are trying to like trouble, trouble solve, uh, troubleshoot where she is and everything. And it's, it's just this really interesting interweaving interconnected kind of, kind of story that like everything that's bad happens but it's so just organic but none of that is in the movie and that's just it's it bothered me a lot um yeah it's the danger of book at, at book adaptations to movies mm. yeah it, it is and mm. i mean there's not really a way that i mean you could probably translate it pretty well to to a movie and if you if you kind of if you establish that they're in the Pinto first and then you have like flashbacks or something or, or that kind of, I, I don't know it, 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 with, with, with the right filmmakers, not the, not the filmmakers responsible for the poltergeist remake, but <laughs> I feel like someone could do a serviceable job for that, but while carrying on like the, um, the energy or, or doing right by the original work instead of having this, 
okay, this is a this is a movie about a rabid dog and not about a family drama or about a family being cat being like this 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 wife and uh, this mother and sons struggle for survival. It's more like okay, well, there's this like the original movie is like there's the the one movie of it is like oh, there's a rabid dog. Let's you know it's gonna it's gonna kill them. Oh, it just I, no, doesn't really no subtlety. Yeah, mm-hmm. no subtlety. Yeah. Um, I will say that the that the that the dogs that they used for for the movie, the, I mean, they use multiple dogs, but you know, there's one on screen, but uh, very effective. I thought really? it was, it was uh, thought it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, Must have got that Beethoven time. dog for it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm I'm surprised that no one's remade it because I, I yeah. mean, it's something when, that when was that made? Remade? When was the original? The original movie was like '83, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. that's prime time right now for yeah. a remake. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, so I don't know, but I mean, the movie was okay, but and the book was, the book isn't my favorite Stephen King book or anything like that, but it was, you know, it's still Stephen King. It's still Stephen King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gotcha. Yep. Speaking of Stephen King, how do you feel about it kind of oh, losing yeah. its momentum right now? Yeah, we talked about it on the Last previous week. episode. Yeah, I, I'm kind of sad. As much yeah. as I like the original, I. I kind of wanted to see what they were going to come up with the or remake. Me too, and it's 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 a shame. It really is, and I mean, there's some hope that it might live on in another studio, but it's like, I mean, Kerry Fukunaga, he really was like he was the he was the center for it. Like he was he was like this was a passion project for him, and you know it's a shame. So talk know. about something that actually needs to be remade. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to Poltergeist which was <laughs> held up great. Was right. Movie. Yeah, it still holds up. I don't Yeah. I don't yeah. get it. Anyways. Yeah. So anyway, that uh, about does it I think. Anything else we want to talk about? No. 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 All right. Well, thank you Fekus for Thanks coming for having on again. Me back. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. We'll have to have you on again soon. Um, I'll be by at PopCon for sure. Yes. Cool. Yes. PopCon's yeah. going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'll yeah. be there at least one day, maybe two. Nice. So. I think we're, uh, we just, the, we just found out we're going to have a time on the podcaster stage, uh, sometime Saturday. Uh, hopefully I'll definitely be there afternoon. on Saturday. So nice. Cool. Sweet. So we'll have one fan there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, anyway, uh, thanks for listening guys. And we'll go ahead and go to our pre-record outros and also, uh, probably the spoiler section of it. I don't know. Just, yeah, I should cut yeah, that. We'll stick yeah. it at the end. I'll stick it at the end. Yeah. Oh, that's what she says. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening guys. Thanks. Well, can we get into spoilers? Uh yeah yeah we can go ahead and go into spoilers now. Um, <laughs> well, I, the reason I wanted to do spoilers just it, mm-hmm. it really is just because the scene there's something in this movie that's very different from the original. I thought it was kind of a bold choice. I don't really know how well it worked or not, but the fact that they actually show you what the other realm looks like, the afterlife, like didn't, they, didn't like it. You didn't like it. Did not <laughs> like it. Uh, yeah. For one, it was. Uh, too computer animated for my taste, mm, okay. and I and, and I guess it's hard to you can't really do that as a practical effect. Yeah, but in the original, I kind of like the uh, novelty of the only people that know what's on the other side now are Carol Ann and the mother. Right. Yeah. And so there there's that mystery to it. But now you brought the the entire viewing population into it, mm-hmm. and I just don't. I don't know. I didn't think it worked the way they intended. I agree it was bold. Yeah. Um I hated how they did it. Mm-hmm. You're With, talking yeah. I mean, you're talking about, you know, this the first thing that this, 
you know, the poltergeist is doing is messing with all the electronics. You're trying to tell me that this drone is going to be like, oh, right. no problem seeing all yeah. this stuff. I, exactly. I hated, I hated the drone. No, the drone Just, made me so angry. Yeah, it, it reminds me of, I haven't, I haven't seen, uh, uh, the Psycho remake all the way through because it's the Psycho remake. <laughs> but there's and, a scene. And Hesh killed it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a scene in, in the Psycho remake where, um, uh, the the two characters are like when when uh, what's her name goes to, um, when Marion Crane's sister goes to, uh, her boyfriend to find out like to try to find her missing sister. Uh, in the remake, appa- apparently, there's a scene where they're like it's it's a shot for shot remake of the original, and then but there's a scene in the remake where, uh, after their scene, which is a shot for shot remake. Uh, she just says, she just says, oh, hang on, I gotta go get my Walkman. It's like, <laughs> it's, you're, in, you're injecting, like, if you're remaking a movie, there's a certain point where, like, lazy remakes just infuse current technology to show that it's different. It's the right, same as, right, like, yeah. it was used to better effect for me in, uh, the a nightmare on elm street remake where they had the the um the live stream video thing where the, kid, the guy falls asleep and you see him kill kill himself mm-hmm. or whatever right. die and t- like the, certain times it's it's okay to do that or it's or it's interesting but the drone was just clearly like a okay well let's let's you know drones are popular yeah. now uh-huh. and, the, and the tracking devices too you know yeah the, he, yeah the Stupid. guy yeah the guy's like no when you go into this other realm there's no up, there's no down, but it's okay because we're going to have these tracking devices that have no problem fo- finding you. Yeah. yeah, what is the logic in the traffic tracking devices right. to, to see, like, to, they, well, to see where they are in the house in the other realm? I, I it's just, and, and you know what? I, I guess you can make a, uh, the other realm a little bit more effective with practical effects. So I thought Insidious, Insidious did a decent job. Of doing like the, mm. uh, the other realm. At least they did, to me, they did a better job than the remake of Poltergeist. They did do a better job, but I don't know. I don't even really remember Insidious. I fell asleep yeah. during it. Um, Insidious 3 comes out Friday. You, you does pumped. it really? Yeah, it does. Wow. They, they won't stop. <laughs> yeah. God. I'm not, saying, I'm not defending the Insidious series. I'm <laughs> right. just saying that they, I thought they did a much better job with the uh, other world than. Mm-hmm. I'll agree with that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I, just, I thought it was looked sort of cool, but it wasn't. It didn't have it didn't have the desired effect. I think. Yeah. I think they wanted people to be like they think that it was awesome, like right. oh that scared the crap out of me, or that would be so freaky. But I didn't feel that way about it. But it was. I just they felt tried. like they were getting chased by tar zombies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like right. every other aspect of this movie, it was lazy. Like it, it was, seemed yeah. like they have some some slightly um, distorted images of ghouls and stuff. That's that's they didn't want to pay too much for the digital effects so they kind of had him shrouded in darkness and it kind of had like a like bottom of the ocean kind of yeah, to it, it this kind of kind of aesthetic to it and, but it was just really just ineffective to me yeah it's funny they in the sequel uh to the to poltergeist 2 mm-hmm. they actually go back into the uh, the other side and they show it oh, in, really? in that movie and you want to talk about awful effects really? oh, it's, <laughs> it's terrible huh. they're it, it's like they're flying around, and I, I say flying as literal term, <laughs> in a realm that's just, it looks like it's just uh, painted with the ooze from Ghostbusters 2. Oh, really? And <laughs> it's it's awful. And they're playing this awful oh, oh, music during oh the entire God. time. And they throw a spear at the, th- it's, it's, it's terrible. Jeez. Uh, well, that, I was going to say then the other part was 
that I wanted to talk about as far as spoilers go was the ending where the uh, the house blows up. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like in the original, it was done to great effect. That's another yeah, pretty I love fam- it. Oh, yeah. really famous part of that movie. Uh, the house implodes on itself, which is really cool. It's It's a different... It's not what you would expect, right? For something to implode, uh, and in this movie, they just they just blew out. The roof blew off. Actually, it looked, again, it looked a little cool, but it's like, what? Why? And probably the biggest, most offensive thing I could find about it, and even as someone who who only retroactively became a fan of, or not retroactively became a fan, but gained a new appreciation for the original after having seen the remake, was the 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 pivotal pivotal plot point very integral plot point from the original where they where they move the move the headstones but not the bodies all of that 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 element of the movie in the remake is relegated to an off the cuff line from Jared Harris saying like well they probably just left the bodies <laughs> yeah. like that is that is a pivotal point of the movie and you have it thrown away by this kooky guy with right. scars all over him right. saying right. Uh, like he has a hunch like that's one of the biggest dramatic draws of the original is when mm-hmm. he real when he realizes and he, he yells at the guy. Yeah, and it's it's such well played uh, in the original too how he finds yeah. out because it's one of those breather moments mm-hmm. where it you kind of think eh, this might be a throwaway scene to get him out in the open. Yeah, booms like we did it five years ago. Now they can visit their loved ones not too far away, and he goes, "Well, well that just seems kind of sacrilegious." and I I I don't know. I enjoyed how it was brought to uh, fruition in the in the original. Yeah, and they they tried to uh, replicate that discussion when they were at the dinner. Yeah, and I hated it. Oh yeah, my that god! Because so they even they had that pomp, pompous lady even go. Well, they can visit their loved ones five minutes drive away, and it's like and that's then, it. she goes, "If they moved into a nicer neighborhood." Nice. Oh, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I was like, "You uh, twatty bitch!" Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's> nuts. <laughs> Pardon my language. That, that is, is going on the promo reel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then they, and then like. Even the most like like there are lines in the original like when when the kid screams for in the original he screams for the uh, the closet light I think the girls Caroline screams for the closet light yeah. Yeah, yeah and then in in the remake also there's a in both of them there's like the kind of like well at least it's not an ancient Indian barrel right, right. Oh. and like in the original it's fine it's it's good and everything but then in the remake it's like it's so forced and so awkward like yeah. like look at us referencing the original movie that we're tarnishing completely right. <laughs> There's a in the second one or in the second one the the original, mm-hmm. I again it, this is all rushed and like in the the remake the way they just you think the house is clean all of a sudden boom it's not uh-huh. in the original they gave you a nice breather and then it just smacks you over the head with a bat and I love it and one of the uh, best parts for me is you know they, they talk about how Carolyn doesn't remember any of the ordeal yeah mm-hmm. but then it starts back up again in the bedroom while mom's taking the bath and Carolyn just gives a very no more and it's just that yeah that i don't know what it is about the way she delivers that line but it's just just you feel for that kid yeah <laughs> but there's i mean again there's none of that they just rush it like when the, the stupid oh say the line say the line this house is oh god that that killed me uh, they, they destroyed yeah. the the famous line of this house is clean oh yeah <laughs> yeah Ugh. and i i liked uh i, I forget the name of, her name's zelda but the girl that played yeah. Tangina, uh, she was quirky but effective. I really right. liked her in the who original. Who played who? The Tangina, the uh, the psychic. The okay, psychic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, her name's Zelda something, but well, she was the way that character was used in the original was she was more of a she was more of a Deus Ex Machina, but she yeah. was used. 
she was played so well by Zelda. What's her face? I can't remember her name. Yeah. She was played so well and so so memorably that she became part of the icon iconography of the film right. mm-hmm. because she's such an interesting person. But really, the character, if you just stuck a, your standard actor in there, I don't know how much we'd really remember that character. Right. That no, she, exactly. It was yeah. it was her performance in it. Right. So. Exactly. And she yeah. she made it back into the second and the third ones, too. Did, did she? she really? She did. Gosh. She did. Uh, to ill effects. <laughs> Slight tangent. How is the third one? Because the third the one takes place in a third s- one. All right, is a skyscraper. Let me let me let me set up for you the uh, the plot of the third one. Okay. Okay. The uh, the family has kind of disowned Carol Ann at this time. Right. Almost kind of like get this this child away from me. Okay. So she goes to live with her uh, aunt uncle, uncle, aunt and uncle yeah. in uh, in a city, maybe New York, and she goes gets enrolled into a special school. So. And it's funny because it's always bothered me about this line in the in the third one. They're talking about how how special she is between the uh, administrators of the school and the head administrator is like, you know, that little kid that will, uh, you know, sit there and make fantastical stories about their house disappearing. Well, this child actually made an entire neighborhood believe that their house disappeared. It's like, what? how do you make uh, a child believe? No, the house disappeared. It's yeah. Gone. Right. We saw the first movie, <laughs> but so wow. the, the poltergeist is, is coming after her again. And if you didn't see the second one, the poltergeist is actually a, uh, a reverend right. that led all of his people uh, into a doomsday shelter buried underneath what was huh. uh, whatever that neighborhood Which was Which was called. a huge mistake to personify the, car- the, oh, the villain. Oh, absolutely. Right. So stupid. It, it's terrible. Yeah. Huh. But but he's a preacher, led his people to doom. They starved and died underneath the ground because he's telling them the world's going to end. So he's mm. the antagonist. He's the, he's the poltergeist. Well, he follows her to New York, and I, it's – He's inhabiting the mirror world or some silly nonsense. Yeah. Okay. And so he's messing with her with, you know, all the standard tricks, the psychological stuff. And Tangina mentally senses that, uh, Carol Ann's in trouble again. So she shows back up, uh, in New York to help her. And Tangina goes into the other world and leads the poltergeist, uh, into the light. And that kind of seals the deal. Okay. Huh. Wow. It, it's not worth seeing unless they do like a riff tracks of it. Um it's it's awful. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, I like I I was all gung ho about seeing like being a completionist for it and what like seeing the remake and then seeing all the original ones and then I was like maybe I'll write reviews of each one. Yeah, but then don't, I was like, nope, don't. no, no. I mean you can, but like in the second I one there's I will. there's this awful <laughs> scene where uh the the dad is trying to get the family back together because they're it's all disjointed. Everyone's mm. just tired of this, and he's trying to help it out, but no one's really biting. So he grabs a bottle of tequila and starts down in the tequila. And it's one of those tequila <laughs> bottles with the worm at, in the bottom of it. Mm. He swallows the worm, and the worm turns into this monster, and he ends up throwing the monster up in this giant snake monster. <laughs> oh it's, my god! We're, it's it's awful. Wow. Does wow. Craig, T- Craig T. Nelson Yeah, he reprises. Yeah. Really? Yep. Wow. In fact, everyone except for the uh, the oldest sister, because I believe she died by that point. Oh, yeah. yeah. She died. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but everyone comes back and reprises their roles. So, Would you guys say that the true curse of Poltergeist is the remake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the complete fruition right. of it. Right. Yeah. The worst has happened. <laughs> I'm so sorry to the families <laughs> right. if they're listening. So, sorry for Miss Rourke. <laughs> right. 
Uh, well, is that about all that we have to discuss about Poltergeist? Yeah, that's about all the attention I can pay yeah. to that. Yeah. The sequels to the original, uh, better or worse than The Exorcist to Heretic? Oh my god, that's... <laughs> I don't, why, why would you even want to discuss such a painful I topic? I don't, don't even know. No, I own uh, Exorcist 2. That's sad. It is. Well, it was part of a, the complete anthology DVD set. So it has it has the Exorcist, Exorcist Two, oh no, and then Exorcist Three, which is serviceable, yeah, to it's, an extent, if you say so. I've yeah. seen that, but. and then the two, the two Exorcist prequels that were made, kind of, I think they were made by different studios at the same time. Yeah, one incorporated footage from the other. It was weird. Yeah, there was a big you, that would have been a good one for your contract disputes. Uh, oh yeah, it really but, would have. But yeah, that yeah. was I remember that being a huge mess. Yeah. Mm. Ugh. Speaking of anthologies, you, you had me curious to go back and watch Alien Resurrection after you had said that it, you know you kind of enjoyed it, mm-hmm. and so I did that. What did you think? It was terrible, still terrible. <laughs> I, I do not, I don't see where you thought it was passable. You but. know, I could, feel, I don't even really remember it that well, but I remember it was kind of a certain Whedonisms were in it, and is that is that a Joss Whedon? Yeah, I, I think he like uh, co-wrote he, the script. He polished or it, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can't polish a turd. Well, Miss <laughs> Buster's just proved that, I guess. Well, <laughs> well, in in context of the franchise, after uh, Alien Three, though, I would say that Resurrection yeah. is better than Alien Three. Yeah, I would. I don't. I'd have to go back and watch Alien Three, but you're you're talking you're talking about which turd smells worse, <laughs> right? <laughs> The big draw about it was that it's the, um, I want to say, uh, oh my God, what is her name? Um, the writer. Oh, I can't remember her name. She's a big name. Uh, I don't know. Big um, name in like what, romantic comedies? Yeah. Uh, and like writing romantic comedies. Hang on. Oh, uh, uh it's something. It's Nora Ephron? Nora Ephron? Yes. Is that right? Am I making that name up? No, I don't think you are. Technically, I think it's right. every name has been made up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna cut this part out. Damn it! <laughs> or Nora Jones? No, that's a singer. That's a singer. Oh yeah, she um, uh, she starred in Ted. That's right. I gotta f- her again. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Uh, but yeah, it was Nora Ephron. So okay. Um, As always, loyal listeners, thank you for listening to the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And thank you, of course, to Loud Like for providing our awesome opening theme music. Their first EP, uh, their first of a few actually coming out in the next few months. Check them out. Uh, Anyway, it's called Mistakes We Must Make and features our theme song and a clips of events. Um, make sure that you rate and review us on iTunes after you listen to this episode. It helps us out a lot, uh, and it gives us the ability to say, hey, people like us. Also, please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer. And you can follow each of us on Twitter. You can find Matt at obsessive viewer. Tiny is obsessive tiny and me, Mike. I'm at I am Mike white on Twitter. You can also check out the blog at obsessiveviewer.com where all three of us, but mostly Matt, review movies and TV shows and uh, talk about all kinds of things. It's kind of the, the written form of this podcast. Um, you can also check out Obsessive Book Nerd, which has book reviews and commentary on the evolving world of reading. And also check out Tiny's The Secular Perspective, which is a podcast exploring the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. 
Um, if you have any thoughts on the podcast in general or this particular podcast you just listened to or even suggestions for future podcasts, please, please email us individually at Matt, Tiny, or Mike at ObsessiveViewer.com or you can just email the podcast directly as a whole kind of directed to all three of us at podcast at ObsessiveViewer.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other. <laughs>